Welcome to today's call. Um, it's a pleasure to see you all again. Uh, to those who's joined from previous webinars, welcome back. Um, and to those who's new, um, welcome. It's really good to see you in, in the call today. We hope you enjoy this session. Um, today's session is going to be uh, all around the topic of artificial intelligence, um, cyber essentials and cyber resiliency. Um, in today's call, I have a special guest with us. Um, ple pleasure to introduce him, actually. His uh, name is Simon Newman. He's the COO of the London Cyber Resiliency Centre. Um, definitely somewhere after this call, I would encourage you to check out, especially if you are going through Cyber Essentials or looking into that accreditation. This organisation will is all about assisting SMEs in, in gaining that accreditation and being as, as secure as they can be when operating online. Their main goal is to make London and the UK the safest city and country in the world to do online business in. Um, so without further ado, it's a pleasure to hand you over to Simon. So Simon, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Jamie. Well, that was an introduction. Yes, very well indeed. Good, good to hear. So um, no, thank you ever so much for joining us on the call today. Um, we wanted to bring you in as an expert in the cyber resiliency realm, the cybersecurity realm, um, because there's a lot of different um, areas and avenues to explore. You know, it's touching from the most basic of cyber resiliency with antivirus, which a lot of us, hopefully, we all have on, on our workstation, all the way through to, um, you know, back-end infrastructure and, and, and kind of how that will uh, protect businesses and actually amending processes to do that as well. Um, so I wanted to bring you into the call today to to really get a, an insider's uh, account on what is happening in the, in the in the business world around cyber resiliency and how you guys can actually help protect businesses against uh, the bad actors controlling artificial intelligence as well so obviously we've touched on some of the good things that ai can do in past webinars and past calls but we've also touched on some of the negative things that can happen when it falls into the hands of bad actors so i wanted to bring you in today as an expert in the field and and tell us on how CES and CES Plus can help protect our businesses from online threats. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Jamie. And, and I'll, I'll perhaps start off just by setting the scene um, in terms of kind of what, what's happening at the moment on a perhaps on a national level in relation to the cyber threat. So uh, obviously cyber is, is considered as one of the top five threats that the UK faces, uh, which are, I think has been there now for a number of years. The government published its cyber breaches survey recently, which is uh, a really good overview of the threats that face both businesses and charities uh, across England and Wales. And there's some really interesting statistics that are coming out of that. Uh, so it's a free report you can download on the government website uh, called Cyber Breaches. Um, the key headline is that around about one third of businesses have suffered at least one cyber attack or breach in the past 12 months. Now, interestingly, this is down from 39 percent last year. So on the one hand, you might look at that and go, well, that's really good. It looks like people are starting to get the message. Perhaps we're becoming more resilient to cyber attacks. People are putting things in place. They're listening to the messaging. But what the report says, and I think this is really interesting, is that they feel businesses are now less able to spot cyber attacks or breaches uh, than they have been previously. And that's a really worrying trend for us. So they're saying that basic cyber hygiene has got worse. So this is an interesting, interesting fact that's coming out from what government are saying at a public level. And there's a couple other things there which are which are really interesting as well. So one of the things that we, we often recommend to people, so something that every organisation should be doing regularly, is carrying out security awareness training. So just educating staff uh, on what the type of risks that are, that are out there at the moment, how to spot them and what to do. One in five businesses do any form of 
security awareness training, which is shocking. It's one of the easiest and simplest things you can do. There's loads of resources out there produced by government and others, uh, and yet only one in five businesses actually do something about it. So that's some really interesting stuff that's coming out of, of that. And the other thing as well, just in terms of the threat landscape, phishing is still the most common and it's the most disruptive type of attack uh, that's happening. It's very effective, which is why criminals continue to use it. And we're finding as well that it's not necessarily smaller businesses that potentially are being targeted directly directly by criminals. It's often the fact that part of supply chains, they're caught up as a result of that uh, and are affected. Uh, so it's some interesting things that are coming out from the national picture. But the worrying overarching message on that is that we seem to be getting worse at doing the basics. And that is certainly causing concern across government and policing uh, on how to tackle that threat. So on, on that um, kind of uh, fact that we're doing worse as a country now um, in terms of businesses being more cyber resilient, could you say that the turmoil of, of coronavirus could have maybe had some impact on that as well? Yeah. Because businesses had to revolve. I mean, you know, I, I, we... we some companies undertook 10 years worth of digital transformation in a couple of months to survive, you know, yeah. and where them changes come in with such fast pace. Was cyber resiliency forgotten about at that stage just to just to be agile and evolve to, to stay afloat and survive rather than thrive? Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, Jamie. I mean, if you look at businesses in the UK, we've got five and a half million businesses, of which 99% of those are SME. So that's that's smaller than 249 uh, members of staff. And in fact, if you look at that figure in more detail, uh, something like 80 odd percent actually have fewer than nine staff. So we are a real a country that has a real, uh, you know, very significant number of, of micro uh, businesses. You're absolutely right. It's not just about coronavirus. The significant impact that's had on, on businesses uh, following lockdowns, etc. But also we're in a cost of living crisis as well. We've seen energy prices go through the roof. Inflation's very high. We've also got, Darren mentioned it, the Brexit world as well, which is potentially making things more difficult from a trading perspective. You know, all of those things have meant that businesses quite rightly have focused on staying alive as opposed to looking at other issues. And as, an, as a result of that, cybersecurity, cyber resilience has understandably dropped down uh, the, the list of priorities. And again, going back to the cyber breaches survey, what they're saying is that fewer directors are, are now uh, or now have specific responsibility for cyber within an organization. And in, in, again, it confirms that it has dropped as a priority for lots of organizations. So that is a worrying thing. And typically it only becomes a priority, as we were mentioning beforehand, uh, sadly, when someone does become a victim, by, by which point, unfortunately, it's, it's often too late. Definitely. And um, obviously, the, one of the, the most common attack vectors, as, as we mentioned a few moments ago, is, is phishing attacks. And one of the things I wanted to discuss with you on today's call is um, artificial intelligence and kind of the what CRC advise and what you guys can do to help businesses protect against AI. Now, I'm I'm a massive fan of AI, Simon, and obviously you're working in technology space. I can imagine you are as well. But then falling into the hands of bad actors, and I, I, I showed it in a couple of demonstrations ago, uh, you can reverse psychologize, for example, ChatGPT to give you or write you a phishing email or example of a phishing email. And this tool is that powerful that it can imitate your business owner it can yeah. imitate famous people you know and um, how how would the crc or some initiatives that you run help protect businesses from kind of them sort of threats online yeah so it's a good question and you're right i mean I, i'm really excited by what ai can can potentially deliver it's a really exciting opportunity out there for the future but you're right criminals also look at it as a way of committing 
uh, a crime on a, on a much bigger scale. And we're already seeing cases where, where that's being used. And you gave the, a really good example a moment ago. The, the advice we generally give, uh, you know, to, to, to businesses is that security awareness training, staff training is really critical in helping to identify potential uh, emails. And it's that human nature, which is, is still really important. If you look at something, it looks suspicious, uh, then, you know, take a few moments to read it through. And, and it's always best to challenge and question rather than simply clicking on those those links. So the normal rules around phishing, I think, still apply in that regard. There's obviously technology that's out there uh, that is looking to try and spot some AI generated uh, attacks, which will grow and develop. But of course, it's a, it's a constant chase game. Criminals will then up their game to have better software that then kind of, you know, usurps say, any defensive mechanisms in place. So I think, you know, my view is, and the centers would say, embrace AI. It's a fantastic way of innovating businesses, of enabling greater reach, innovation, and all those other things, but be cautious that criminals are also using it as well. But if you get the basics right, and this is the fundamental thing for me, do the basics right and you will prevent the majority of attacks. Do you know what? You, you made a very valid point there, actually, Simon, is, is, is companies like ourselves, the CRC, Zero, any other MSP or cybersecurity provider out there, we're, we're never ahead of the game itself. We're always playing catch up to yeah. the cyber, cyber criminals and we can only do our best efforts to prevent them from from carrying Absolutely. out what they want to carry out. You know, so uh, with that in mind, I think it's always a case of, of constantly being aware, constantly updating yourselves and just making sure that you and your staff are aware of what's going on in the digital world today. Because yeah. that's one of the biggest issues out there is people just are not aware, are, are not, you know, uh, privileged to know about the the next next virus coming out or how efficient email looks, you know, for example. So I think it's it's the, the point of us playing catch up really should resonate with the SMEs. If we're playing catch up, what yeah. should they be doing? You know, yeah, so. I, I, just on that, I mean, I, I again go back to that point about foundations or building blocks of a, of a business. You know, if we take something like health and safety or, or finance, for example, you know, when we run businesses, we, we keep ourselves up to date with any changes around health and safety legislation. So we need to make sure we're assessing risks and so on. Any changes in finance rules, accounting rules, etc., we need to make sure we're on top of those to ensure compliance. So we need to have the same approach to cyber. We need to make sure that we're doing exactly the same things and keeping ourselves abreast of what's happening out there uh, as we do in any other type of risk. And I think that's the key thing. Let's not see cyber as something completely separate. This is part of your overall risk management regime. You know, it's the same way you, you'd probably deal with an electrical outage or a flood uh, or, or any of those types of issues. Cyber should be on the risk register as well. And for too many businesses, it simply isn't there. I'm just wondering, Simon, with, with that, I mean, you mentioned a lot of businesses out there, out there at the moment are micro businesses. You know, they could be one to five members of staff turning over less than so much a year, for example. H how would we work out whether implementing cyber essentials or, you know, some uh, additional cyber resiliency is applicable for those businesses? Because, for example, you don't know if one of those 80 odd percent in the micro businesses are literally one man, one man bin men with social media accounts who run their entire business through you know, Facebook Messenger, for example, which we we've all seen them happening. And they're quite successful little businesses, I have to say. H how would we, you know, implement that one standard, that one size fits all to a one man band like that against a, a 250 man SME, for example, 249 man SME. Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's a really good question, probably quite a complex one to answer uh, in many ways. I mean, there's a few things I'd say. So, so first of all, you're absolutely right. You know, when we look at most businesses out there, 
I think what we currently have is people see cyber security, cyber resilience as a cost to their business as opposed to an investment. And I think that's a real challenge, first of all. And, I, and I'll use an example of Mrs. Miggins pie shop. So Mrs. Miggins has a, a lovely shop that makes wonderful pies. She may have a few staff, perhaps some part time staff, for example. For her, cyber security is a cost. She doesn't understand necessarily why she needs to invest uh, in systems or software that helps protect her business. But increasingly to, to, to attract new customers, Maybe she's got a new website that she wants to be able to sell goods on. She recognises that she needs to do it. So she still doesn't necessarily understand the rationale behind it. So I think on the one hand, what we need to be much better at is the benefits of good cyber. So there's loads of stuff out there which says these are the risks and this is what's going to happen if you're hit by a cyber attack. But people stick their head in the sands when they hear that because they don't want to hear bad news. What we need to do is be much better at the messaging around these are the real tangible benefits. So cybersecurity can help you and cyber resilience and, and cyber essentials by default of that can help you, for example, innovate, can help you expand your business, help demonstrate to customers that you take your security and their security of their data very seriously. It can help you win new contracts, new customers and so on. And I think if we have some good case studies around that that come from businesses, that's probably the strongest thing that we can do to change behaviour uh, around improving resilience overall. The other thing I was going to say is in terms of you, you made the point there about, you know, a, a micro businesses, uh, you know, will be very different to a business that's perhaps got 250 staff. I think we have to look at it from a risk perspective. And 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 sometimes you might say, well, a, well, a one man business, yes, that looks like it ha has a very low risk. But if they work in the financial services sector, for example, and perhaps they're doing trading from their bedroom, then they're dealing with tens of millions of pounds, you know, if not more. Uh, and so the risk is very high compared to perhaps Mrs. Miggins, who's now got a chain of stores and she's got 200 staff, but still a relatively low turnover. So we need to look at it about a risk perspective and we need to understand the kind of data that those people hold uh, and, and the risk of that getting getting outside. So I think a more general risk approach rather than looking at it as a size of organisation is the right thing to do. And then perhaps the more controversial thing to add in there, we were talking about this before the webinar today, was kind of the levers that are available to government. So at the moment, Cyber Essentials is a voluntary scheme and there are two levels of course we've got basic cyber essentials which cost between 300 to 500 pounds depending on the size of your organization it's an annual self-assessment uh, uh, that can be can be carried out for body and on the other hand you've then got uh, cyber essentials plus which requires a technical verification as well now uh as I said, it's voluntary. We're starting to see uh, people require cyber essentials as a prerequisite now. So in the public sector, for example, if you're bidding for contracts, uh, you are expected to have cyber essentials as an absolute minimum before you're able to submit um, uh, tender documents. Um, there's questions now. Do we start looking at mandating that for every organisation across the country? If so, how do we implement that? And you, you mentioned implementation. I think that's a real difficult thing to, to ensure compliance. Uh, but, you know, that is starting to, to look at, uh, I guess, how do we solve this, this big problem? And as we said earlier on, you know, the, the figures out there at the moment show that we are not making a dent on the threats or the number of victims that are being hit by cybercrime. So my argument on that, and I say this individually rather than behalf of the centres, government probably has to start looking at some, some stronger levers to try and improve the state of the nation in relation to cyber. 
I agree there, Simon. And it's and like we said before, it's one of those things that always goes amiss in business plans unless it's mentioned or you become a, a victim of, of a cyber attack. And then you think, well, we need to do something about this, which often and I'm sure you'd agree is, is probably too late when you've been already been hit Absolutely. by ransomware. Um, so the obviously one of the things I wanted to touch on, um, there's a lot of people out there which are all discussing. Let's do cyber essentials. Let's see what it's all about. What can you give our business? But from what I know, it's not been very successful over the last nine or you know 10 or so years that it's been kickstarted how can we actually get more businesses uh, being more receptive to the idea of being cyber essential accredited can how can we promote that more you know I'm, i know you mentioned all these benefits of, of tenders and stuff like that but i think it's um how do we make people more aware of what's happening in the world today? Because I think this is the biggest thing. If you make people aware of what's yep. happening, of, of the damage it can cause from cyber attack, surely we can push this initiative forward a bit more as, as organisations and get it into more people's hands. But how could we do that? What what sort of things could we change? What could the government change in terms of the accreditation itself to, to make it more palatable for these smaller organisations to uh, uptake, for example? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, Cyber Essentials was introduced back in 2014. I think just looking at my stats, I think in that time, there's been around 120,000 certificates uh, awarded to, to businesses who've successfully achieved Cyber Essentials. So, you know, when we look at five and a half million businesses, that's still a very tiny drop in the ocean that's out there. I think there's a few things. I mean, I mentioned earlier about this idea of government perhaps legislating to uh, ensure that every business of a certain size or risk profile has that minimum standard in place. I think the other way of looking at it, if we if we look at sort of more of the nudge theory approach, is maybe we create more informed customers. So what we do is we hope that that um, people, or individuals, and organisations start asking questions about people they're going to go into business with, even employees going into new organisations. What steps do you take to ensure the safety and security of the, the data that you've got here, both of myself as perhaps a member of staff or, or as, as customers that we work with? Again, this week, we've had a, a really high profile supply chain cyber attack with some ransomware uh, against uh, a company that manages payroll for some of the UK's largest firms. You know, And again, that's understandably ca causing quite a bit of concern. So I'd like to see perhaps a more informed customer who go asks those questions to say, yeah, just exactly what do you do? And cyber essentials is one of those ways of demonstrating that you take that, that security seriously. So, so I think it works both ways. Government has a role promoting it, promoting the benefits, making the scheme um, uh, relevant, and it does update cyber essentials regularly as well. So it's been updated in light of the pandemic where there's more homeworking and hybrid working now. So it's, it's evolving, which I think is also fantastic, but also looking at other things that it can do as well about promoting good cyber security practice uh, and informing people, both employees, individuals, other businesses of why these things need to be in place. So I don't think, again, it's a one size fits all approach, but I do think it's a combination of things that we need to do together. It is. And I think um, to, to kind of help that awareness campaign, I think what the government also needs to do, um, because like you said, we've seen that major um, supply chain hit this week for, from ransomware attack. We've seen Facebook been targeted. We've seen the NHS been targeted. We've seen, you know, all these major enterprises get targeted with ransomware attack, which is shown in, in the news, in, in articles online. But we never see them smaller organisations, a little news column saying SME been struck with cyber Absolutely. attack. And I think this puts the, the thought process in the back of people's minds of, well, 
well, we're not Facebook. We're not the NHS. We're not a huge enterprise level business. And therefore, it will never happen to us. Where the, the fact of the matter is, it's, it's the opposite. It's more likely to happen to these because cyber criminals understand that they've got less resiliency, less solutions in place to stop ransomware working itself you know, through the system to the backups and so on. It's all well and good knowing that NHS has been struck by cyber attack, but then it's it's not helping the, the argument that all SMEs also need to undertake the kind of same resiliency, uh, you know, the same levels of, of, of resiliency against these cyber threats. Um, yeah. Would you say we need to we need to bump it up a little bit when it comes to the SME market and, and what's actually happening in the, in the SME world? Yeah, I think it's a really great point, Jamie. And you're absolutely right. You know, businesses will look at look at the taxes this week and go, well, that's a global organisation. I, I only employ one or two staff. It's not going to happen to me. So I'm not going to even bother reading this because it's not relevant. So I, I think some examples of, of SMEs would be really helpful. But what I want to see is the positive side as well. I want to see the success stories where SMEs have said, you know what, we didn't really think about cyber, but we decided that we take an interest in it. This is what we've done. And actually, these are the, the things that have have helped us as a result of that and we can now use this as a way of developing our business growing and I always say this you know and I say this in a jokey way when I do events you know if I was to run an event that talks about cyber security I, I have a handful of people who turn up and typically they're people who already know something about cyber or sadly have become a victim if I was to advertise an event that says how to make a million pounds out of Facebook I'd have people queuing out the door now I'm not saying that's what we do need to do but we need to change the narrative around looking at it from a fear to one that can actually help grow your business so people People see, and this is that behaviour change, see cyber as a way of innovation of growing their businesses. So I think that's one thing. Uh, and, and I'd like to see more of the way of success stories from an SME perspective. I think the other the other angle of this, uh, which is probably a bit more controversial, we've talked about sort of government efforts on this as well and the levers, levers around it. But, you know, let's have a look at, at trying demystifying some of the, the language that's used in cyber as well. You know, things like ransomware, malware, phishing. I mean, we understand what they mean because we work in the industry but again going back to mrs miggins and her pie shop it's a foreign language so let's try and demystify some of those terms uh in language that people understand and i think then you'll find people going oh yeah i get it now i understand it and the final thing i'd say on this and this is this is another thing i, I think we struggle with sometimes if we try and talk about physical crime so let's think about as a business you're you're you have a physical premise maybe it's it's burgled let's say your your car is broken into your home is is is, is attacked or whatever or you you as an individual perhaps beaten up on the street you can see the physical consequences of those types of crimes with cyber it's really hard to articulate what a crime looks like because you can't actually physically see it so we need to be better at the language that we use around cyber uh, and try and relate it more to things that people understand. So I think there's a lot of things that can be done. There's a lot of work that's going on and looking into that, uh, but it's we're still a long way off. To be honest, you you made a very valid point. There's when I speak to my customers who are not tech, not you know, not tech uh, minded, who who don't know terminology as, as well as what we do. When you talk about cyber essentials and going through the accreditation to to help stop phishing emails, to help identify what they look like, how ransomware looks like, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they often go, "Well, I, I don't know what you mean." And it's I think it is making yeah. it clearer for people. So when I translate that into, look, it's like having an insurance package for your car. You know, yes. you're not going to go out into the street without insurance, because if you do and you suffer, you're going to end up with no end of damages. <laughs> so it's very much like that, like having that. It's very much similar to having an alarm system on your building. If somebody, a physical burglar is trying to get into your office, then an alarm's going to go off. It's going to deter that that burglar from entering. Exactly. And I think um, that is that is the biggest thing here is um, it's, it's that awareness piece of 
what it can stop, how it can protect you, but also what it can do in terms of benefits and what it can give you as well. So, um, no, to be honest with you, I mean, I'd really like to see more SMEs in the market looking at cyber essentials, even if they're looking just to go through the basics as a, as a checkbox exercise to say we are operating in the right way. We're on track. We need to keep moving in this in in this direction. Um, Simon, and we're coming up to the, the Q&A time. But any any few final points from yourself in terms of uh, cyber yeah. essentials or? The, the one thing I, I perhaps just wanted was a few other things. So, so first of all, uh, just on the cost front. So I think it's worth just just pointing out the cost of basic cyber essentials. So it starts at three hundred pounds for for a micro business, and it is up to five hundred pounds for a for a larger organisation. Uh, if you need more assistance and support from a, a certification body, then there may well be additional costs on top of that. So it's not a hugely expensive thing to go through. In fact, the Cyber Resilience Centre for London has got additional funding for the Mayor's Office, so we're offering uh, a discount. Off the basic cyber essential scheme so if you're in london and sme and want to take part of that we're happy to to uh to contribute up to 100 pounds off off that uh off that fee which may be via of uh, help uh what also the government have done recently is introduce the cyber advisor scheme so there are a handful of advisors who are out there and their job is specifically to help small and medium-sized businesses uh get ready for cyber essentials so that's some assistance that's offered by some government accredited uh individuals and we're, we're, we're really lucky to work with one in the city CRC for London uh, as well. So that's a, a new concept that's been recently launched, and I think that will, will help as well. And also on the NCSE website, there are some fantastic resources around cyber essentials. So you can do it. It's a self-assessment form for the basic cyber essentials. Uh, you can do it yourself. Uh, you can obviously then get some support in if you, if you need it. Um, but there's also a readiness uh, toolkit. So there's lots of tools there to help you uh, prepare for cyber essentials uh, if, you, if, you, if you do need it. And, and I think that's the key thing. You know, Education is really important, using the tools that are available out there, and hopefully we'll see more businesses um, get cyber essentials and demonstrate that they are cyber secure. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much, Simon. So, um, so guys, we've uh, reached the Q&A stage of the conversation today. So if any of you attendees has any questions for myself or, or Simon in regards to cyber essentials, how it can protect your businesses, or even just um, any questions on the cyber advisory um, that we can we can uh, answer for you now, um, please put them in the chat and we'll uh, we'll answer your questions straight away. So uh, but no, Simon, it's been it's been amazing actually, you know, speaking with you while we're waiting for the questions to come through. Um, personally, myself, I mean, I've been in IT now for almost as long just over as uh, just over the amount of time that Cyber Essentials has been going. So 2013, <laughs> my uh, career started. So um, obviously, I've been I've been privy to this when it actually came out in 2014. Um, very good initiative, and it's nice to see that changes are being made, and it's being as agile as what businesses are. Because that was one of my concerns over the years: is how can Cyber Essentials be agile and evolve as businesses evolve, and yeah. you know, obviously technology evolves with that as well. But uh, as well as technology evolving, cyber criminals, their thought process and how they're attacking is also uh, evolving. So, uh, so we have a question come from uh, Chris. We um, Chris has asked, how much more difficult is it to get CE CES plus compared to basic cyber essentials? Yeah, so I suppose the answer to that is it depends. So the differences between the two is there's still a, an assessment process, but with Cyber Essentials Plus, it's done by an independent 
individuals. So they come in and do a technical assessment. So whereas Cyber Essentials Basic is effectively self-assessment, Cyber Essentials Plus uh, is, is, is one that requires a, a specialist to come on board and do. So the cost of that, it, it varies. Um, again, each Cyber Essentials certification body will have a, a, a cost structure. So if you are speaking to a, to a certification body, um, ask for that upfront and maybe get some quotes from a number of them before you proceed. Um, they're all trained to the same standard. They're independently monitored as well through IASME, um, but there, there, is a, there is a difference between the two and, and obviously a cost element to that as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Simon. Uh, just to add on to that point as well, if you do partner with an MSP um, or, you know, someone like ourselves is zero, um, they can probably help you with the uh, preparation for Cyber Essentials as well as any remediation work that needs to take place to gain the uh, the plus version of that accreditation. So um, so we have a question, another question, Simon, from uh, Jarno. Uh, how long does it take a business to obtain Cyber Essentials on average and how often does it need to be renewed? Yeah, so it's another one of those. It depends on, doesn't it, Jamie? Uh, so, so it, uh, basic cyber essentials. If you know what you're doing and you're reasonably competent around IT, you can actually do it in a few hours. Uh, so it's it's relatively straightforward. Again, if you're coming at it from the perspective of no experience, then that can take a bit of time, um, and particularly if you need to external help to, to do that. Uh, and one of the things, if you are bringing in someone external, they'll want to look at what you've got in place already, uh, and they'll they'll use that against the self-assessment que self questionnaire. And I think someone just put in the chat there, you can actually download the self-assessment questionnaire. So you can actually see what questions you've got to answer. So you can do some preparatory work around that, um, before the assessment itself. Um, I think the other question was around the validity. How long is it valid for? So it is valid for 12 months, just like your MOT certificate. So you have to renew it every every 12 months. And in fact, what IASME do is they keep a database of all organisations who have uh, current or valid certifications. So if you're a larger organisation and you want to see if your suppliers have got cyber essentials, you simply go to the IASME website and then you can search against a specific organisation to see whether they've got it or not and when it was awarded so um that's also what happens you get your name listed on that company and of course you get to use the logo as well which is great so you can use that on your website and marketing material as well fantastic and um, a quick question from myself simon so the um the cyber essentials basics accreditation um you can fill out that form yourself you know based on what you operate you send it off and as far as i'm aware um only limited forms are checked and you get the accreditation now the question i have here is how do um, Cyber Essentials, IASME or the CRC protect themselves from a customer filling out this form saying we are adhering to everything that's been said to be given back just just for that to be untrue? You know, how, how, how do you kind of overcome that or how do IASME uh, overcome such things? And on the back of that, are any Cyber Essentials basic accreditations or forms submitted audited prior to giving the accreditation itself? Yeah, so probably the best answer is 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 from IASME on this one. But as I understand it, there is an audit process. They will uh, check to make sure that things are being being done appropriately. But you're right. Any any certification scheme is is always open to potential, uh, uh, you know, people looking at, at short ways around it. And that and that is one of the challenges with any form of self assessment uh, schemes that you've got, whether it's for cyber or, or something else. But um, but I know IASME do take that very seriously. The credibility of the scheme is reliant on people applying and sending in their application forms honestly uh, and ultimately at the end of the day if you were to say that you've got cyber essentials you suffer a breach or an attack and it was proven that you you hadn't got one of those basic controls then it would probably have a more detrimental impact on that 
organization because it looks like they're not not trustworthy so uh you know it is done independently but certainly probably refer to IASME in terms of how that process actually works Perfect. And are you aware of any companies which have lost their cyber essentials accreditation through, you know, misdemeanor, through not being true on the form that they filled out or or maybe, for example, gaining a cyber essentials plus accreditation in what we are now, June and coming up to December, six months prior to the renewal, massively changing your infrastructure or your your, you know, your back end softwares, whatever it may be. How 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 is that enforceable? How do we keep a check on these companies where they have made a massive change, whether that um, accreditation is still valid, so to speak? Yeah, it's a good question. And I don't know is my honest answer. I mean, my, my guess would be that that there is an onus on the organisation who's been certificated to actually update the accreditation body if there have been any major changes like you described there. And then there may be a need to review uh, whether that certificate is still valid or, or not. But again, these are types of things that I ask me probably best to, to answer on that behalf because it ultimately comes back down to the governance and credibility of the scheme itself. Fantastic. So um, I'm just going to ask any more questions for Simon. We're, we're coming up to the end of uh, today's conversation. So if there's any final questions, please do put them in the chat and I'll ask on your behalf. Um, but yeah, Simon, I mean, overall, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of things we could take away from today's call, um, even if it's just thought process and maybe awareness on getting people to think about are we safe? You know, are we safe when we operate online? Are we safe just as a business in, in general when it comes to cyber resiliency? So I'm hoping there's a couple of SMEs out there who's attending the call today is going to go away and do some some thinking. Um, we've got somebody typing in the chat. So we'll wait a few more seconds, Simon, and we've got another yeah. another question just, just coming through. So. There, Jamie. One thing I'll say, and thank you for the opportunity to talk, talk today. I mean, really enjoyable, Jamie. And, you know, we, 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 we big admirers of Zero and, and the work you do supporting M SMEs across across the country. I mean, Likewise, Simon. The, the Likewise. one thing I would say, and, 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 I, and I keep bleating on about this all the time, but one of the things that we just don't see enough are people getting the basics right. So these are the really simple things of which Cyber Essentials highlights, but it's things like two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, you know, updating software regularly, use, having a robust password policy, those really simple things that really don't cost any money at all, but can make such a difference to basic cyber hygiene. So get those basics right is the first and foremost thing that any organization to do. And then it's about how do you then build on additional layers of security that keeps you more resilient against more sophisticated threats, but we're just not seeing a enough uh, at the bottom end at the moment of that basic stuff. Fantastic. Thank you, Simon. And likewise, you know, we're, we're massive admirers of what you're doing in, in the uh, CRC. Um, you know, what you're doing for businesses in the SME market is is absolutely fantastic. You know, you're helping people against cyber essentials. You're helping them towards the kind of basics, like we said, you know, the basics of what should be carried out. And and you are right, Simon, that the very smallest of changes out there that's, that's made can make the biggest of difference. So, for example, what we do for any new starter that joins in our organization is we run in your induction process, cybersecurity training, just staff Brilliant. awareness, what to look out for. And we think, you know, that 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 took maybe 15 minutes of my time to to run that when I first joined Zero back in the day. Um, and it's actually protected the company from three or four different clicks that I could have clicked onto an email. You know, luckily I've worked in the sector for a number of years now, so I'm not that foolish. Yeah. But, you know, you, you kind of do think if you take on a junior member of staff, first job, never never been aware to the, the, the cyber, you know, realm at all in the past, and they get an email from their 
managing director saying, please click, click this attached invoice and process. Before you know it, they've locked the entire system out. So 15 minutes worth of training when they start in comparison to nothing and let them crack on and the damage that could that, that could have is, is detrimental. Um, we have a question from uh, Steve Collins. So um, Steve just put uh, support companies are offering packages at circa 50 pound per month. Where is the value in these companies? Good question, because I haven't come across any anybody offering a support for £50 a month on Cyber Essentials. So uh, I would always question that, Steve, from me. But over to you, Simon, for your answer. Yeah, again, I, I don't know that getting into specifics. I mean, I, I, you, some companies you can see will offer a basic support package or cybersecurity package. I mean, I think one of the things we are we are trying to do in the centre, again, I go back to this point about informed customers, is is actually giving you the tools to be able to have those conversations with companies offering services like that. And this is one of the difficulties we have. When we speak to companies and they say, where do we go for cyber security help? It's very difficult for the centres to recommend specific organisations. So quite often they'll rely on Google and, and they may come across on Google an offer that says just £50 a month and we'll look after your entire cyber security needs. And that's it. Someone thinks, fantastic, that's, that solves my problem. But what are they actually getting? What are they asking for? Uh, and, uh, and what does that actually deliver? So we're trying to help those businesses um, with a set of questions and also the answers to those questions that they should expect to hear from companies that are offering those those types of packages and because sadly there are some companies out there who who just use technical language as a way of trying to exploit um, some nervousness in the SME space and and hopefully that will help us differentiate between the companies that offer some fantastic services and support and, and others who who are, are not really geared to, to supporting those those customers. Thank you, Simon. Um, Steve, just a point from myself as well on that there. Um, you you may want to uh, do a bit more research into these organisations and also look at, um, you know, any other testimonies, referrals from, you know, their customers. Um, to be honest with you, if this £50 per month is to keep you aligned to the Cyber Essentials Basics Accreditation or best practice, if they were a worthy MSP, reputable MSP, should we say, um, they, they should keep you truly aligned to that during the course of their relationship anyway, because that's what they're there for. Um, they should do it as part of the service delivery or the contract that you're in for IT support, because it is best practice um, to keep you up to date, to keep you uh, alert of all the things happening um, and protecting your business. That's what an IT support provider is there for. Um, so definitely have a look at what that offer gives you furthermore. Um, do a bit of research into testimonies, referrals, any any kind of physical reviews that you've seen online. Um, but if, if you are looking at an MSP, I would say, have a look at one that will keep you aligned at all times, has the basic policies and practices in place where they're never going to let their customers operate outside of compliancy. So that's my answer. Um, so we, Garrett, when is the next webinar? So Garrett, the next webinar is going to be taking place um, on the 28th of June at 10 a.m. And the, the topic of the webinar is increased business productivity, productivity with Microsoft 365 automation. So a uh, very interesting topic. Um, Simon, maybe something that we could get you involved in in the future is how CRC can assist in gaining the cyber essential accreditation in the case. Microsoft 365 stack. So, yeah. uh, but, um, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the call Likewise. today. Thank you very for now thank you ever so much guys simon thank you ever so much again good to see you and we'll uh, we'll definitely catch up soon